Hey, you're listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to talk about God. Yeah, this is part one of 27. Sounds okay. Let's get started. Episode six. I don't know what I was waiting for. Breathing in. I got I got excited. I didn't want to mess it up. It's been so long. You're combing your mustache to get it straight. I did. I did actually brush my beard. How did you know that before I I got here? It looked really straight today. Thank you. I appreciate it. A lot of conditioner. Um, Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying that Lauren, maybe for for Christmas this year, beard products, beard care products. Yeah. I need a lot. Like, so I thought that like being in the environment of close to the beach would help. No, it's worse. It is significantly worse. You're making my beard itch. (laughs) It is. Well, it's crazy because like it doesn't itch, but it looks like it should. Yeah. So I don't know. We're way off topic. Doesn't God have a beard? (laughs) Well, in all the, in all the pictures I've seen, he has a beard, um, a very luscious white beard. Um, Right. But. Santa-esque beard. Yeah. He is Santa. Right. right. Is he? I don't know how that works. I don't works. know. I think that's what we're going to de- debate today. Well, that's- yeah. God. We went real specific. Um, pretty pretty in-depth. I mean, I mean, you could... This could go a, an infinite this is gonna amount be of directions. A, this is going to be a 27-parter. <laughs> <laughs> just like... It'll just be the... However many episodes we have left ever in our podcast is, right. is this series. Right. That's tw- and that's only uh, chapter one of Genesis, just yeah. talking about God. Uh, I know we're going to talk about Genesis <laughs> one at some point today. Probably hit Philippians two at some point, and there we go. Um, so God, I ironically did the least amount of studying for this specific episode, um, probably because I am way too cocky. Um, oh, you're like, I got this God thing. <laughs> I, mean, I got this God thing down. It's like, it's one of those things where I was like, you know, I freaking teach about this guy. Yes. Or thing, spirit mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, every Wednesday, Sunday, right. whenever anybody this wants a Bible study. This yeah. is your Yeah. It's like what you, do, what you do for work. This is what you do for fun. This is... Yeah. It's all of it. It yeah. genuinely, I mean, I do like this is fun for me. Like, yeah, me too. I, I, it's you know, and it's weird sometimes to have that separation every now and then. But I like, I like having conversations about it, which is why we do this podcast. I think like, that's why we don't get, we don't get paid. So I think that's wait, you're not getting paid for this. I thought <laughs> you are getting paid. Wait, yeah. a minute. hold on, time out. <laughs> Whoa. Um, okay, so, so God, I honestly was like, where do I? Where do I where do I want to start? Where does where should we start with this concept of God? And there are many ways to go. Um, and then I thought, well, I have my perspective of what God is. Yeah. Um, and I guess I could say what I think that is. Um, mm-hmm. And that might be a good starting point. Um, yeah. Why don't you give us? Why don't you draw us a picture? You want to do that? I think. Yeah. We sure. Each, we could take turns. We could yeah. riff on our mental pictures cuz i'm i'm sure that everybody out there probably has one and so when you do that it um it maybe helps people who are listening maybe focus more on what they they think because i don't think it's something 
when we go to church, like I don't think it's something we're asked to do very often. Yeah. Right. Like we were just kind of joking in the beginning and that's why I thought I'd <laughs> mention that about the beard. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's art, but when you're, when you're really thinking about this, what, who are you, when you think about God, what are you thinking about? So yeah, go ahead. So I, I think for me, the, the first thing that comes to my mind, and this is, this is going to sound weird at first, I think is, um, like Forrest Gump on that bench and not that God is Forrest Gump, but he's like having these conversations with this, these random people yeah, and like telling these stories and, um, very relatable, very, very just like here, let me, here's all of it, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think in my, I don't know if that's naive or if that's just what I want God to be, but. So for you, God is a very relation, relational, relatable, conversational. Yeah, absolutely. I, I see, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you know, God is very personable. Um, okay. in, in, in a way that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, you know, the, the, I think about all the, all the good things, all of, all of the, the, the blessings. And then, um, you know, maybe that seems, I don't know, maybe that's just on the surface. Um, I, you know, obviously I think more than that, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think of God as like a, like a ruler. I don't think of God as a, some, which may sound, there's gonna be people that hear that and be like, I can't believe you say that. Um, but I, I don't, I don't have this view of him as like this king over like, that's maybe angry or like controlling. Right, I, I see right. him as this, you know, like, uh, more of like the guy in the trenches, the leader in the trenches who's with you and, 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 you know, helping all of, you know, all the work get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, but I, I've also thought to myself, maybe that's, maybe that's how I perceive God is because that's what I need in my life. Mm, yeah. And, and so, um, not to get too deep too quickly, but I, I maybe, maybe a little, maybe that's a little bit for everybody. Um, and I'm not sure, but you know, that's probably the best way for me to describe how I view God. Let me ask you this is, is that, that sort of vision, what I hear you describing is maybe almost like feelings you have or, or thoughts that you have, um, about God, sort of like how it almost sounds like you're talking about like the feelings that, that are engendered mm-hmm. when you think about God or you think about relationally or interacting with God, or I guess like when you're praying to God, this mm-hmm. is sort of, this is your conversation partner in prayer, yeah. like your mental conversation partner in prayer. So I guess I would follow up and ask, you know, that being sort of your current description, um, has, has that always been this way? Has it sort of been a slow evolution to seeing God that way? Did you see God differently than that when like, let's say you were like the age of the, a lot of the teenagers that you, that you work with Did you see God the same or is it, is it different, you know, now that you're, uh, you know, 15 years, 20 years later? Right. Yeah. I, um, there definitely was a disconnect, um, for me when I was younger between what I thought God was and who I 
and the relationship that I thought I could have with him than there is now. Um, you know, there was this maybe added pressure that I put on myself because I was a preacher's kid, um, to, to like have all this knowledge and there was never enough to know. Mm -hmm. And so God became this like, you know, unknowable thing, like not, I wasn't able to grasp that idea and like, and I, and I couldn't handle that. And, and so it, there wasn't like animosity, but it was like, yeah, okay, that's God. Let him do his thing. And, and now there is, I don't know, there's a deeper understanding that sure, I'm not going to be able to grasp all of it. Like that's just not a thing. However, um, that's not the point. I don't, I don't think that God's like, I like, I need you to understand all of it. I I just, I I need you to like work on it, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but in, in, in like almost sort of like at your own pace in a way that is doable and helpful. And so I'm able to, you know, see that now as something that is like a process that I enjoy. Um, I know, I don't know if it's like this for everybody, but like, um, it's, I don't know, it's almost like you're working on like a, like a model of anything, like a model train or a plane or whatever. Right. Or like trying to fix a car that, you know, needs to complete engine rebuild. It's a process. You're not going to get it all done in one day, but like there is an enjoyment of that process. Okay. And so I, I'm, I'm able to view it that way because I don't feel like it's me doing it and God's watching. I feel like it's me and then God's helping. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas then it was, you know, as a kid, it was, man, like he has this expectation of me and I got to get all this crap together. And it's like so much that I didn't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has, that viewpoint has greatly shifted for me, mm-hmm. which I think in turn has been able to give me this, I don't know, kind of peace in my relationship with God. So like maybe the expect you, you almost saw God as, you know, this being that had these very specific expectations yeah. for you that were like unreachable. Yeah, absolutely. Like unrealistic. Yeah. And, and now you feel less so. You feel more like, okay, maybe he still has expectations, but, you know, I'm, I'm working in partnership with with God to work towards these expectations or I'm a work in progress and God's mm-hmm. okay with that. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that, and a lot of that comes from like understanding, I think, one, growing up in like, well, now actually like reading the Bible consistently. Um, And then also, you know, experiences and growing up through situations, right? Right. And like learning from those. Um, But, you know, it, 1 John 4, God's love is made complete in us. And so like we're required, we are required in that process, right? And so, you know, there, there is this, this mutual relationships that's necessary for good things to happen. Um, so it's not like God's like, all right, good luck. It's, Hey, I, I'm here with you making this, mm-hmm. m- you know, making this happen. Yeah. Um, which, you know, for me has, I don't know, I've, I've enjoyed that, that thought so much, especially recently. Um, ironically, we're talking about expectation in class tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that kind of stuff's fresh on my mind, but, um, that's stuff about me, Brad. I, I, not, no, that's not nearly enough. Sure. We're just getting started. Right. This okay. episode is all Roman. 
<laughs> Please don't do that. No one, no one wants to hear it's that. It's too much pressure. <laughs> um, but okay, so I've given my sort of your my viewpoint, my vantage point. I'm I'm interested to know because uh, you know from your end because it's you know my perspective is coming from you know a newly married you know has no kids um just recently moved into a specific area um you know you are you have a family you have been here for a hot minute well established in you know your job for several years so yeah, like i pay taxes yeah, and yeah all this kind of things i pay taxes mortgage yeah i pay taxes listen and you, irs <laughs> i know there's more of you listening now <laughs> I pay my taxes. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's... No, I, nothing will make you believe in God like having to pay taxes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> nothing may make me want to turn away faster. Um, <laughs> render under Caesars. Did that have exactly. to be in there? Did we that were, have to be in there? Like, come on, man. Well, we just... We just that, was like a, that was just a couple episodes ago. Um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, definitely the reason why I asked you, like, had it changed... Had it, or had it changed for you, your, your vision of God or what you see or what you think about when you think about God, because I definitely know for me over the past, um, 15 years, you know, I don't know, since I was about your age, I mean, I'm like mm-hmm. 43. So, you know, I'm, you know, so past 10 or 15 years, yeah. I definitely, it's, it's not like that God for me has, completely changed it's more like the way i would say it is my expectations and limits that i didn't realize i had sort of drawn around god Mm. have sort of melted away over that time yeah like i now much more would consider i i don't i will say this i don't use the word god quite as much and it's not because I talk about God any less. It's because I'm more likely to use a word like the divine, or sometimes I'll talk about the universe, or sometimes, I'll, I don't know, I'll just like make up things. Because I, I really do feel like that sometimes, because of, like I said, art, you know, mm-hmm. whether you're talking about the top of the Sistine Chapel, or you're talking about a, you know, a, a, a movie or some depiction of God, I think that we want to think of God, and I don't want to get too philosophical here, but we want to think of God as like a super being. Sure. Like that God is just like a a super, it's like one of us, but like way better, like with a much, like God can grow a much better beard than you can, Roman. It's fair. Okay, like us, but like with really yeah. this incredible ability <laughs> to grow facial hair. No, but, um, and, and I mean, to point, and I'm sort of making fun with the beard, I, I try, if I say, if I slip into this, it's just because I was raised this way, I try not to use gender as much for God anymore, because mm-hmm. again, I think that gender is limiting. I understand that God primarily relates to us in scripture as a father and as, as a male, but you know, script, scripture says that God is spirit, that God, God is not a male right. or yeah, female, yeah. right? So I do think it has become more helpful to me not to think about God being gendered um, because I don't think God as a spirit has a gender, just like Holy Spirit doesn't have a gender. I think when Jesus mm-hmm. came, Jesus came as a male. I think sure. scripture says that. But um, so anyway, my it's it's almost like my, I don't know, deconstruction or, or what you call it, but my visions and my my vision of God and my conception of God has just kind of like broken down and opened up mm-hmm. to where I now believe that like you, you you were quoting in in first john but i you know i think about uh 
love and interaction and relationship with people, kind of like you said, Forrest Gump sitting on the bench, having interactions with people. I truly believe that not just like in this podcast, in our conversation, but in our everyday life that we can experience the divine sure. in our conversation, that, that God can be present in our conversations and not just when we use God's name. <laughs> Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. We can be doing things for people. You know, I, I interact with people that are sometimes in dire situations and whether or not they ev invoke the divine. I, I think many times I believe that we are having an experience where God is intimately involved. Like I said, even if we're not in, even if we're not citing scripture or invoking the name. So to, try to put a little bit of a bow. I, I could talk about this all day long, really, but I definitely see God as like this creative, um, just like generous, loving force mm -hmm. that permeates everybody and everything. We are made in the image of God, we're yeah. told, but, yeah. know, back to Genesis 1, that because we're made in that image, it's almost like we we're reflecting this underlying divinity that exists within the creation um, and within us, but there's somehow it's kind of like, like you love dog, like you you love dogs and animals, yeah, absolutely. And they're and they're they're wonderful, right? Like they bring us joy, mm -hmm. and there's something just amazing about about a puppy or a kitten or something like that, like they're. They're created, and they're created in this sort of like fascinating, beautiful way. You love them. I mean, people are, if their pets die, they are just wrecked, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. They're destroyed. Maybe it's not quite like losing a family member, but it's kind of like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so we like live in the midst of this creation where there are all these uh, divinely imbued things, chief among them being people, that mm -hmm. we are in the image of God. And so I guess I would say if there's one one way I experience or see or think about God now is I don't really limit I don't I wouldn't point at things or people or places and be like oh God's not involved here. Oh guess what? We need to bring some God there. Like mm. oh you know what we need to do? We need to have a missional mindset and bring God into that place. I would not start from the assumption anymore that God is not already in a place. Sure. I instead would be like Let's see how God might be working. Right. In the, how is the divine already at work in this workplace, in this school, in this community, in this office, in this situation? Mm -hmm. And then how, how do I sort of weave into that? So I know that's maybe more woo-woo than concrete. I wasn't citing a bunch <laughs> of scripture. I mean, I didn't cite it. I just I cited one. I know, I know. But I, you know, it's, I think I cited one too. But yeah, that's okay. exactly. So I, you know, we're even. We're good. Okay. Two, two for two one, on scripture one. here, or one for one. However, we want to go at it. I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because one of the quotes that I ended up really enjoying when I was looking up, because honestly, whenever I do a, whenever we do one of these episodes, like. I'll take the topic and I'll literally write whatever the topic is in and then put quotes after in Google because I enjoy seeing what people have to oh, say yeah. about whatever yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about. So literally I put in God quotes, yeah. um, which gave me a lot of scripture. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, but one of the one of the quotes that I think I enjoyed the most, and there were there were plenty, um, was one by Pearl Bailey. And if you don't know who Pearl Bailey is, 
join the club. I didn't either. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she actually was the first African-American um, actress to receive the Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, she also received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in October of 1988, right? So pretty cool, cool individual. Um, but she said people see God every day they just don't recognize him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I like that concept so much Yeah. Uh, because I think that's absolutely the truth. Yeah. I, I think that God is consistently where he needs to be, which is with everyone. Yeah. And not, not that, you know, so a caveat to that is that doesn't mean that everybody experiences God. And I think that's what she was pointing out in her quote, right? So you sure. might not recognize it. Yeah. And, and we may be in life situations where it certainly doesn't feel like God is close by. Um, and then it's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like you have to have a relationship with somebody to be able to kind of talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a relationship that I feel like, you know, we can share. People are listening in sure. on this. Yeah. But we can share about our personal experiences and where we have experienced God. We talk about when we have experienced God. We can talk about maybe when we haven't experienced God, right? In certain situations or where there's felt like there's an absence of the divine maybe, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do want to acknowledge that not everybody is experiencing that all the time. And right. even not all Christians, you know, just because you, you know, invite Jesus into your heart or you get baptized or you do whatever, I don't think that that there's not a one to one ratio between that and, oh, you know what? I feel God's presence every day. I feel God in this Chili's tonight. Sorry. That was, <laughs> it needed to be said out loud at some point. <laughs> Sorry, I. But <laughs> that was necessary for this episode at some point, and you just gave me that window, and I needed to take it. Um, but you are right, though. I mean, it's well. So this is what I would say. So you and I both gave very sort of like um, rainbows and buttercup, uh, you know, images of God of how we see warm fuzzies about God. Mm-hmm. But you know, to be sure, there are other competing images of God. Oh yeah, and there there are other images of God in the Scripture, mm-hmm. right? I was you know my sort of uh, podcast prep today. I was looking at the story, which to me is is sort of a, a challenging, one of the most challenging, sort of amazing stories in Scripture is in Genesis twenty two when you have God quote unquote testing Abraham and telling him to murder his son. Oh yeah, yep. right. Like your, your, you know, adolescent son. I mean, I have a couple of adolescent sons. Yeah. Although I, I at least at least one of them probably would not. I probably could not tie him down and put him on an altar. And maybe <laughs> even the even the younger one, I'd have a tough time tying him down and putting him on the altar. Um, but like that story stuck out in my mind when we were going to talk about God because I think we've got to be honest here and acknowledge that we have these portrayals of God in scripture, particularly in the old Testament, but you know, depending on how you read some passages in the new Testament and revelation, Mm -hmm. you have these other depictions of God where it's much more of this warrior God. Yeah. And it may be even, I want to say bloodthirsty, but like a, a God that like just demands these blood sacrifices. And in this situation, a God who, you know, is not going to bless this person, the father of all these nations, mm-hmm. unless and until that father is willing to murder his own child. Right. Right. So that sound, you know, like if 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 I didn't trust you until 
you know, you proved to me that you would kill somebody at my command, Roman, that I think we would all look at that and we would say, you know, Brad, you're a monster, <laughs> right? Sure. Well, you know, it's it, for me, that's one of those things that I used to struggle with. Like I used to struggle with the parable of the ten virgins. Right. Yeah, we've talked about we talked about. That. Yeah. Right. And so I said we would get there. I said we would come back to it. Right. We would come back. To yeah. It. Absolutely. And here we are. You know, I it's I used to struggle with with this I under of like needing to have that. And and this is a cop out answer for a lot of people. And it may even be for you, Brad. And if it is, I'm sorry. It's okay. I genuinely I struggled so much with needing to be able to have. And like, I know exactly why God did that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You to know, have an answer for that. But yeah. but then let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess that you've come to peace with God's sovereignty in those in those matters. So that you know, God was God. So God had God's reasons for doing those things, saying those things, for appearing in that way. I don't experience God that way. But you know what? God had reasons for doing those things. Sure. Right. So you're like, you're comfortable resting in that. And I think there, I'm not saying that to criticize you. I think there are a lot of people who are, or at least you've got to come there that like, you've got to deal with it somehow. Yeah. You've got to deal with it. I mean, I could fight it, but I don't know what fighting it is going to do for myself. Like it's, it's like (laughs) scary, huh? Well, sure. I, it is, it's, it's terrifying, but at the same time, like I, it's it's like answering the the question, you know, you know, why did my mom abuse me as a kid? You know, I have that experience literally. Yeah. So I can sit there and tell you that God allowed that to happen or that he didn't intervene yeah, or yeah. he didn't, you know, he didn't love me more than he loved the kid down the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. believe in any of that. Um because I think those are choices that my mom decided to make. Well, yeah, but but like the Nick Cannon, I don't know if you saw last yesterday on his I didn't sh- know. show, you know, he came on and announced that his his five month old, you know, had passed away over the weekend of a brain tumor. Right. Right. So I mean, in that situation, I, I agree. In some situations, like you can see where okay, somebody made a decision that just had a horrible outcome right. and it impacted people it impacted children yeah it was bad and there's consequences Mm -hmm. right but in other situations you see where what's like well what oh what (laughs) you know what why this five-month-old child i mean they the the kid was having some sinus issues so they take him in to get the sinus issues checked and they see he's got a massive brain tumor right and so when you see things like that, going back to how we see God, I, and I didn't know if we would go here or not. And this is why I love that we don't talk about this before we start right, absolutely, the podcast because yeah. it's fresh. But I didn't know whether you might start talking about sort of like attributes of God, because I think a lot of times when we go to church, we get this very sort of like post-enlightenment, very theological, well, God is you know omniscient. God knows everything. God is omnipotent. God is all powerful. Mm-hmm. We get you know, well, God has a plan. So if that happened, if that abuse happened, if that childhood cancer happened, if you fill in the blank, it was all in God's plan, and God had the power to stop it, but God did not. And I think those kind of um, very mathematical understandings about God, First of all, when you get into a situation or you live in a situation like that personally, 
I think that to me those things are completely unsatisfying. Sure, absolutely. They, they, they don't work. And you want to go up and charge up and try to like use it on somebody else, I think it's even worse. Like I don't think they're personal they're not personally satisfying to me, but you go up to somebody in the midst of trauma mm-hmm. or in the midst of, of some situation and say, Well, you know what, God has the power to fix this, or God has a plan, or you know, right. God knows what God, God's got this. Um, I mean, I understand where that's coming from. I think a lot of times it's people who have maybe that very positive view of God like you and I do sure. are trying to help somebody else with it. But when people are in the midst of certain situations, I don't know that it's helping, right? I don't, right. Know, I don't know that it necessarily helps. So it sounds like that you've gotten to a place, though, where you don't, um, I don't know, you're somehow holding it differently. You're holding you're you're looking at things a little differently like you're not mad at god for not intervening no right no i mean i don't like is does is that required of god like am am i is that something is that the standard that i'm supposed to hold god to because he's like we mentioned he's not a superhero right you know right. um so Am I supposed to, am, are we supposed to have this thought or this concept or this belief that like he just makes everything better? Yeah. Well, I, one thing that again, maybe, and maybe this is why I said, you know, over the past, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, I've, I've had kids for the past 16 years. Sure. And so definitely becoming a parent was huge because, you know, I feel like there's two primary ways that God, you know, other than we have the scripture, but in terms of our experience, I think there's two primary ways that God helps us understand our relationship to the divine. One is having parents and being a child. Sure. Because again, that's how God primarily wants to relate to us metaphorically. Yeah. But then the second is being a parent and having children, mm-hmm. you know, or being a puppy parent or, you know. <laughs> Don't tell Lauren that. <laughs> just... No, you're good. I think it's funny. Lauren's like, I'm not, a, they're not kids. I'm... But are they on your Christmas card? That's the real question. We didn't do a Christmas card this year. All right, so they're not on the Christmas card. They're then. not on the Christmas card because we don't have one. <laughs> but if we were going to have not one, too, it's not too late. They would totally be on the it's Christmas card. It's not too card. late. Shutterfly, yeah, you know, I, you, can, you can do it. Can, do E-Christmas cards, are they acceptable? Because I feel like they're not. Uh, they need to do that. I mean, just for the trees alone. Yeah. We've got to do that. I know. All right. So <laughs> my point is that as a parent, that was a total tangent, like a <laughs> nightmare tangent. But as a parent, I feel like I do. there are responsibilities that I have to my children. Mm-hmm. And do I have a responsibility to make their life completely easy street to where they never have to work or they never go through um, you know, struggles or they never, you know, work through things on their, fix things on their own. No, right. I don't have that responsibility, but I do have the responsibility to like relentlessly love them and care about them. Oh yeah. No matter what they do now, you know, th- I, you know, I'm not in a situation where, um, I don't know, my kid has done something crazy or my kids incarcerated or my kids violent or my kid, you know what I mean? Like there are a lot of family situations that I don't, I can't speak into from personal experience, but I do know that the, that being a parent has changed the way I look at God because I imagine how God as a 
divine parent of us all might see his children. And it changes the way I see other people too. Yeah. Like when I see other people and I say, okay, well, this person might just be a numb skull to me, but God views this person as as a child of God. <laughs> yes. Right? And and, and, and yeah. I and I should too. And and that probably takes some significant recalibration sometimes. Again, because I thought this person was a numbskull. Right. You know, because of whatever reason, because of how they acted or how they treated me or or whatever. It could be a selfish thing or it could be like an objective thing, like this person really is there's something wrong with this person or, or something. I don't know. Yeah, you know, and that's <sighs> You know, when I gave my description, very personable, very, you know, someone who I feel like someone is a very interesting way to put that. Um, But no, we're just I mean, it's all just an approximation. We're using language because we're used to dealing with humans. And my, you know, my favorite thing to always work in is God is invisible. Yeah. So we're talking about an invisible entity. Sure. That, you know, what language do we use to describe that? So go ahead. I understand. Don't worry about fumbling over right, how to good, describe. Good. That sounds great. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I, I, you know, I, I would love, genuinely, would love to sit down with someone who has experienced incredible trauma in life through something that is seemingly like completely out of their hands, like no control over whatsoever, like you know, the five month old with a, a, a massive brain tumor, right? Like I, I would love to be able to sit down with Nick Cannon and tell him, Hey, God has a plan here and you can't understand it. And I don't either, but it's going to be, it's going to be okay. And I would love for Nick Cannon to hear that and say, you know what? You're right. The reality is that if some if I'm in that situation if I'm in the same situation and someone tells me that, no way, no right. no way, no way. How about you shut up and you get away from me right. and like right. go back to your plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Take know, your plan and <laughs> and and yeah. Congrat, good job. Way way to way to be way to be that that guy. Um, you know, because the reality is it's it's taken me a long time to get here. It's it's taken a lot of understanding grace and mercy and forgiveness for me to come to this point where I am now. Um, and I'm still at a point where I don't understand no, it. No, it's a lot of work and it's years. Yeah. And it's, yeah. 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 Uh, and, and, and I'm not like, I, I would, you know, a part of me thinks that like, yeah, I've really grown into this. And, and, and I, and I think that like, I mean, I, I mean, I would assume that like, you know, I believe this because I believe that it's right. You know, not that I think that it's the end all be all and that, not that there's room for, for, movement in other directions, right? Growth in, in other ways. Um, but you know, if, if where I'm at now with this idea of like, you know what, I'm not going to be able to fully grasp God. I'm not going to be able to, but, but you know, at the same time, you know, there's going to be moments where I'm on the boat and there's a storm and I'm freaking out and I'm waking up Jesus and he's like, where's your faith at? You know, I know I'm going to be there. I know that there's going to be moments when that's still going to be me because I have this, I have these control issues that like, if I don't know how to fix it or it can't be fixed by something that I can grasp or understand, I'm going to struggle. Right. 
And, um, you know that about yourself, but that, I mean, that's human. Yeah, absolutely. Feel that way. Yeah, no. And that's, and I'm, I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's like a terrible place to be. I think that from, from struggle and questioning comes growth. Be, you know, you, you, yeah, that's good. And, yeah, and you say that again. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's that is a that is a reality. Yeah. The, uh, so a static view of God, like if you did have the same view of God that you had when you were a teenager, if I did have the same view of God I had when I was 25 years old, there'd be something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Because then I'd been through nothing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right? And, and certainly, you know, I've been through struggles and continue to go through struggles. And you have, too, that like, for instance, it, but the, I will, you know, getting back to the scripture. You know, I've gotten to a point where I actually read some of these stories a little differently than the way they were taught to me. I mean, the way I was taught, the way I was taught that story about Abraham and Isaac is like, look, this was a test. And and guess what? God is going to test you in the same type of way. Now, you know, looking at it and understanding the larger historical context here where, look, this happened in a time where people actually were sacrificing their children. Yeah. And and it was something that, according to Scripture, was abominable to God. Right. God never uh, requires a child sacrifice anywhere right. in the Old Testament, right? And so the larger picture of the story here to me, at least my takeaway here, is that, guess what? God is not a God who requires child sacrifice, right? Correct. Like the, the ultimate sort of point of the story is that God is not like these other gods, which the, the, they were sacrificing the their children to other gods because they, you know, part back to control and part of our human effort. It's like, okay, look, we got to fix this situation. We've got a drought or we're, we're got to, we got to go to battle against these people that are that we're at mm-hmm. war with. Yeah. We've got to do something. We've got to sacrifice something that's going to put the gods on our side. Yeah. And what is sort of the most into, you know, we could cut ourselves. Yeah. We could, you know, we could do all these things. What what is the, sort of the thing of ultimate value? Well, we could we could kill a child. Right. And sacrifice a child to the god. I mean, it seems cr- mm. it seems crazy and barbaric, but it was happening at yeah. that time. So you actually have a situation here where that doesn't happen. And so I guess my view of God in that story, I, I kind of look at it more contextually and I think, okay, well, the, the ultimate takeaway here is that God's like, no, don't do this. Right. Not not like God like tricking Abraham into almost killing his son, but like, no, this is not what is this is not what I'm looking for. This is not what's required. And I and I've Joe I think I've talked about this before. You know, I've I've taught this in Bible classes before and I've said, you know, well uh, would you would you kill your child if God asked you to? And and I had some people respond and say, well, 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 yeah, I I would if God asked me to. And I say, well, how would you know if if it was God's voice saying that? And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I would have to know for sure. And I have become convinced because of my view of God, because of you know, it sounds like your view of God too. God's not going to ask me to do that. No, right? That's not that's not happening. No, it, it, because that's not that's not who I understand God to be. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of things. I mean, that's not the only thing that God, I think there's other things that God is not going to ask me to do. And I think it can be kind of dangerous. And you, we recognize this when it's in other religions. I don't think we recognize it as clearly in Christianity, but it can be dangerous when you have a God who quote unquote tests and asks you to do sort of dangerous things to mm-hmm. prove your faith. Right. 
and people leverage that. We see, you know, we see it if it's a, you know, if it's a 9/11 hijacker, we're like, "Oh, that's insane." But in Christianity, if if somebody's like, "Well, God told me to do this or that or the other," all of a sudden we're like, "Oh, okay. Well, you sort of have a right. free pass." Where I don't know, we maybe we need to be testing those things a little sure. bit more. Well, um it's crazy, but like we're wrapping up right now. Yeah. Like this has gone by so fast and um I like that I think this is going to be, I think we need a part two here. Oh yeah. We get, we, we're just kind of talking about personal visions of God yeah. in this mostly. And, and I think that, you know, as we get into this, I'm not saying it's going to be a 10 parter though. It obviously definitely 27. 27 oh parts. my bad. 27 parts. Um, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, we, you know, we, we talked about what we believe God is. We talked a little bit about what we think God is not. And I would love to get a little bit more into that. And then even yes, more, yes, yes. you I know, like um, you know, the, the idea of what God isn't, um, and because I think there's a lot of beauty in that and then also a lot of struggle. Um, and that's personally. So, um, you know, next week, I think, uh, we can look forward to that. The idea of what God is not. And, um, you know, I'm excited about that idea. I'm excited about that concept. And so, um, Brad, do you have any closing thoughts before I completely wrap it up here? Yeah, I, you know, I, this is something where um, I would I would encourage everybody to think about maybe the picture that they have in their head mm-hmm. of God. And the, when, I, when I mentioned that I've really undergone some change in how I, how I picture or consider or think of God in the past few years, one of the things I did is I did this practice um, called Atheism for Lent. And um, during the the Lenten season, I read through a number of um, not wasn't all atheist writers. It was atheist and Christian writers. But what they did is it was a, a, a bunch of different criticisms of of God um, that were coming, you know, from atheists or agnostics, but also some Christian writers. And what I found is that I think the way I looked at it before is that anybody who was criticizing God, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm a, I'm a pro-God person, and then there's anti-God people, right? Yeah. There's like atheists and there's theists, and maybe there's agnostics in the middle. But what I found in that writing is that, and maybe this is where we're heading to next week a little bit, is that there are, there are good pictures and depictions of God, but there are bad depictions of God too, and oh, bad yeah. images of God. In the sense that, you know, I think some images of God could be so bad that perhaps the right, our right reaction would be to be an atheist. Like, in other words, if God looks like this, then maybe the correct response to that would not be to believe in that God. Sure. So I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, Mm. I, I, I would encourage everybody to think about how they view God, how that was sort of maybe influenced through their upbringing, through, I, I don't know, depictions of God or whatever. And then, yeah, next week as we move into it, let's maybe start thinking about, you know, what, what God isn't, or, or maybe even a little bit more about how we arrived at where we are with how we sense or, or, mm-hmm. or um, how we conceive of God. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be great. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I mean, I, I love this conversation. I love you know, I, I love having conversations like this that, you know, obviously have this broad topic and then seeing how, we, you know, we each have our own thoughts into something that, that comes into something way more concise. And I, that's really cool to me. Um, and maybe that's a nerd thing, but I think it's awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to next week and, and you know, looking into, um, 
you know, obviously there's going to be, you know, some personal things that go along with either one, with either one of us as we have these conversations, because, um, my thoughts on God are personal. I mean, it's, there's no way to get around that. Right. And so obviously we're, you know, plan to use scripture and experience and things that I've, that I've, you know, that have gone on in my life. But like at the end of the day, like, it's not like there had, there's some artist that has a real straight up depiction of God, um, which is, you know, yeah. Um, is it Moses that saw the back of God? Yeah. Yeah. Ba- so like, backside or, or I think one like the Hebrew is like where, where God just was. Yeah. Which is like, so, cool. <laughs> so cool. Right. Yeah. But, but even that, I mean, we, we talked about, I, I know we're, we we got to wrap, but even that, even when you see how, how God is depicted in scripture as like, could never be seen. Or if, if, if God is seen, it's like where God just was or, yeah. or people were blinded or it's, there's something there's something certainly mysterious that in scripture is is being reinforced over and over and over again about yeah. God like that God is ultimately you know unseeable unknowable um completely but at the same time like we're supposed we're like drawn toward yeah. God to know God more to want to know God more even though we can't sort of like fully arrive there yeah it's like chocolate Except you can't, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm drawn to chocolate, but I don't know why. Um, It's the endorphins. Right, exactly. So um, real quick, I want to give a huge shout out to Michael Kirby. Um, And I like he, he's a good friend of mine. Um, Shout out Springville Bible Camp. But um, thank you for all your feedback and the conversations that I've had with you about, you know, just episodes that we've had. And so... He's one of the, and, and feel, by the way, you know, you, if you, you know, talk to me enough about our podcast, I'll shout you out too. So throwing that out there. Oh, uh, there we and, go. But, um, yeah, I, it's, it's been cool to have those conversations. And so, yeah. um, if you, if you send Roman a new hat or t-shirt, he'll shout you out in the beginning and the end. And I may even send you a dollar. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but Hey, um, really want to thank you guys for being with us this week. Um, really looking forward to the conversation next week about what God isn't and, you know, just more thoughts on God in general. But, um, you guys have a blessed day.